Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment was brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Well, today we're going to talk about the hotel market. I mean, the hospitality uh, industry certainly has been hit hard. Everyone knows it. Uh, you know, we've all, we've all, we're all traveling less uh, and uh, the hotels have been have been really hit hard. Uh, please welcome my guest. It's Cecil Staten. He's president and CEO of AHOA. Now, AHOA is the largest hotel owners association in the nation. Cecil, thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Michael. It's great to be with you. And Cecil, uh, the first thing I'm I'm curious about is you know you're talking to your members. You you guys are in contact with them all the time. Uh, here we are, the third week of of August. Uh, we've been dealing with this for seems like forever now. The time passes so slowly uh, with this COVID stuff. Uh, what are your members saying right now? What are you hearing from them? How are they doing? Well, Michael, thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, we continue to talk to our members on a daily basis. Uh, we get a lot of anecdotal information, and occasionally we obviously are getting more substantive data on what's happening across the industry. You know, really, when we talk to our members, uh, we're in that situation you, know, you described. <laughs> we, we, when this started, everyone thought, you know, will it be a three-month thing? You know, is it 10 weeks? Uh, the government's original PPP program sort of looked at a 10-week window. Uh, we were saying even then, we didn't think there was any way this thing was going to be over in 10 weeks. But here we are months later, and uh, our members are reporting still you know, terrible occupancy rates. Now, it varies according to the, the part of the industry you're in. The economy end of the market is done a little better. Uh, some of those folks occasionally, depending on location, are reporting 50% occupancy rates, 40s. You know, if you're at the beach, uh, maybe it's 100% on the weekends. But uh, the higher you go up the scale, uh, the ladder uh, of properties, uh, those occupancy rates come down. And certainly if you're uh, in an in a area that's dependent upon events, if you're in a downtown location, an airport location, you are really, really hurting. What we're hearing is really a great concern uh, about how long this is lasting, the disparities across the country in getting the economy opened up, and the problem is really this, uh, you know, that first round of forbearance that many hoteliers were able to get from their bankers, uh, you know, that's coming to an end. And whether or not they're going to be able to get that extended for a period of time uh, is largely an issue uh, that comes down to regulations and whether the banking regulators are going to continue to give banks uh, the flexibility to work with their borrowers uh, and extend the forbearance, or this is ultimately somehow going to trigger a lot of different things, as is often the case where these become bad debts on the books of the banks. The banks have less flexibility, and uh, you know you get into more negative and, and uh, potentially devastating situations. So th that's what we're watching for right now. Uh, we certainly are, uh, are very eager to see if Washington can get its act together. And I think that's one of the great tragedies of the moment, that somehow a virus has become politicized and Washington is at a stalemate and can't do really what the country needs, especially for small businesses. We're just sitting here waiting 
uh, to see if we're going to see finally some action. But uh, it's still tough out there. I mean, I think, as you know, 90% of hotels in the country have laid off workers. Uh, over one-third are reporting they have not been able to hire back their employees. There are a lot of reasons there, some of them having to do with the unemployment insurance situation in the previous CARES Act that just ran out the end of July. Uh, you know, we, we've seen surveys really of uh, nearly half of the people are reporting they are at risk of losing their property or they have that fear. And we're still looking at an industry that has about 5 million jobs lost since the onset of COVID-19. So it, it's still all over the place and there's a lot of pain out there. And when it comes to uh, the forbearance from banks uh, for these operators um, and the um, Fed kind of loosening uh, the reins on the banks there to let them do that, that's really coming to an, to an end now, isn't it? I mean, so that's here. We're here. There. We're here. We're, we're at a moment, a pivotal moment. And, uh, you know, look, most experts are now saying the industry is not going to return to pre-COVID-19 uh, strengths until probably 2023. We were saying only three or four months ago, maybe the end of 21. So this thing is going to be protracted. There's going to have to be more help. Uh, and as I like to remind people of HOA members, all 20,000 of them, for the most part, they are small business people. They're family-owned businesses uh, using the franchise system to create their businesses. And, uh, you know, they're, they're in a world of hurt. And, you know, the other issue there is the CMBS thing, which I know uh, you're aware of and, and many people are. But there's really an imperative out there is the country going to allow these family-owned businesses, sometimes multi-generational, uh, first, second, third-generation Americans who've come over, started these businesses, are we really going to allow them to lose these businesses uh, when they are in a situation they did not bring upon themselves? Uh, you know, it's through no fault of their own. And we have to keep reminding folks of that. But there's still a lot that needs to be done to help us. Yeah. I mean, especially if the the government's, you know, required the shutdown uh, in your municipality, you know, it's like, all right, wait a minute, then, you know, help me get back open, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, even when things can are open and can be open, I think that's always been concerning for um, people visiting hotels has been the kind of the cleanliness, right? The, the hygiene of the place. Uh, and, um, uh, and sanitation of everything. And of course, now that's a lot more on everyone's mind. And you guys are certainly aware of that. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your program, uh, professional training in hotel sanitation and cleanliness that you guys have open to everyone. And I think that's fantastic. Tell us about that. Well, uh, one of the great strengths of the HOA is our educational offerings. Uh, we normally in a year will do a hundred different things. Uh, this year, just since COVID, uh, we've done about 160 webinars on all kinds of topics for hoteliers. We decided early on to put those on the front end of our paywall because in this time, you know, we just want them to be used. We want to be beneficial to hoteliers across the country, whether they're our members or not. But certainly one of the emphases we, we have uh, within uh, all of those things uh, are, are ways to be helpful to hoteliers who are really trying to struggle with how they're going to deal with this. I mean, obviously, uh, we've got to create an environment where the traveling public is, 
you know, is feeling good about traveling again. And that is very much dependent upon them feeling safe uh, in our hotels. So we worked very early on with a number of uh, other associations, including, including the AHLA, to come up with this standard for the industry. Most of the brands have embraced it in one form or another. And we're, we're happy to be a part of that program overall. But we decided that we would do our own thing as well. So we have various webinars that can be downloaded for free about various topics related to cleanliness and sanitation and proper procedures. And we even went to Procter and Gamble um, and said, let's develop together, let's work together to develop a free certificate program uh, that again, uh, hoteliers can get all of their employees to take. It, it, it doesn't take, uh, you know, incredibly long time to do this, but you can actually get a certificate once you've completed the course and it's absolutely free. And uh, you can you can visit it and find all these things at ahoa.com, A-A-H-O-A.com, under our COVID-19 uh, resources page. And, you know, we're, we're getting an incredible amount of uh, uh, folks taking advantage of these resources. And it is going to be incredibly important moving forward because, as you, you know, look, hoteliers are not public health experts, right? Mm -hmm. And with COVID-19, everything seems to be changing almost on a daily basis. And so we want to provide the most recent information, helpful information to our members and to all hoteliers. And that's what we're trying to do. We'll keep it updated. But all those resources are available for free. And we just hope people will take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. We well, guys do a great job. And, and I'm sure everyone appreciates it out there that it's in front of the paywall and you can get these certifications. Um, so no reason for any hoteler and any other people uh, not to take it and and then put up those uh, designations up there, right? That 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 you have that 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 uh, was not a designation. What's it called? A it's a certification. Certification. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's before you leave us, if you could give us some tips for hotel operators today uh, to help them get through this and get to the other side, what would be a few tips for them? Well, I still think at this point in time, communication is probably the most important thing, whether it's communication with your lender, your bankers, your, your vendor partners, uh, whether it's communicating with your government officials. Uh, I've, I've really said multiple times, uh, even during our uh, convention last week, our virtual convention, you've got to get to know your local officials because there are a lot of cities around the country uh, that are passing ordinances where they really do not understand the implications of what they're doing for small businesses and particularly for hotels. And so you've really got to engage with your elected officials at the local level, the state level, uh, the state level and the federal level, your congressmen and women and senators, uh, so that they understand your business. Nobody understands your business better than you do. So this is a time to remember the importance of being engaged in that realm. Um, I think it's also important to keep the communications open with employees uh, and with guests. As I suggested a moment ago, you, you're, you're going to have to absolutely communicate to people uh, that it is safe to come into your hotel, that you are taking this seriously, that you have adopted the proper protocols, that you are following the proper standards. It's important that you do that for your workforce, your employees, just as much as it's important that you do that for the people who are guests and are staying in your hotel. 
and you've got to do it to protect yourself as well. The, there are states uh, that are passing liability protections for small business. In Georgia, this was just done recently. Governor Kemp signed a bill a couple of weeks ago that was passed in the session. This has happened in probably now a dozen states around the country. We're hoping the federal uh, government might eventually give us some help there, but otherwise we're gonna be pressing this issue one state at a time. But you gotta communicate, be effective, follow the guidelines. And then look, uh, we've got a lot of educational resources out there for things that you can do to promote business in your communities, depending upon where you are located, the kind of hotel uh, you operate, uh, whether it's at the economy end of the spectrum all the way up uh, to uh, full service hotels. We've got resources that can be of help. Take advantage of those. This is a time really to, uh, I think, be protecting your staff building a staff uh, candidly. You might have some opportunity here with so many people being laid off and out of work to go out and get some great employees uh, if you can afford to do that, to have them in place uh, when things get going again. Uh, obviously, though, it, it's just really staying engaged. That's the best advice I can give. And then let us help you if you can through our education resources, through our advocacy work in Washington and at the state level. Uh, we want to try to be as help uh, as much help as we can at AHOA. Yeah, well, you guys are. And, and how much uh, is this tech, touchless technology really being utilized at, at a time when we need it in the hotels, but, but you know, can we afford it? Uh, how, how, many, how many members are actually able to, to yeah. uh, instigate this touchless well, technology? We've actually heard uh, some stories uh, from members who are taking this opportunity to make those investments. Now, obviously, I think that's going to be at the higher level uh, with people who are well capitalized and maybe have some hotels in areas that aren't doing as badly as some others might be. And so there are people out there trying to take advantage of that. Uh, others, it'll be difficult to do in this environment. But I do think uh, that's here to stay and probably movement towards that will be accelerated because of COVID-19. Because if we've got this extended window of time uh, to get to a full recovery, maybe as late as 2023, We've got a lot of time between now and then, and there's going to be an uh, opportunity to do it, and it may even give you a bit of a competitive advantage. So I think we are seeing hotels do this where they can afford to step up and make the investment. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, Cecil Staten, thank you for joining us, sir. Good information as usual. Yeah, we thank you, Michael. I appreciate what you do. And uh, again, I hope folks will visit ahoa.com and take advantage of those resources. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, do visit their site. There's a lot of great resources there. That's A-A-H-O-A.com. And stay with us. Uh, we're going to have another guest to uh, provide a little more insight on hotel operations and some ways to uh, maybe use this current market to get ahead. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Site selection, marketing, and property due diligence has just changed. Check out Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. That's Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Use promo code CRE Show. You will love this product. 
Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by commercialagentsuccess.com. Check it out. It's the ultimate commercial real estate broker training, commercialagentsuccess.com. Today we're talking about hotels. Please welcome my next guest. It's Jonathan Caps. He's VP of Revenue. I love that. And Gavin Royster, he's Director of Development, and they're with Charlestown Hotels. And uh, joining us here uh, today, gentlemen, thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Well, the first thing uh, I'd like to ask you guys is, uh, you know, the, obviously everyone knows kind of revenues have been down. It's been kind of a, a tough time, or it is a tough time. Uh, for people in the hotel business, especially depending on, on where your hotel's you know located and type of hotel, um, so so what do you what do you guys do for in 2020 and 2021? What kind of strategies are you seeing to to help build revenues, Jonathan? Yeah, so um, you know the business out there right now in our world is leisure business, right? There's a little bit of what we'd call business transient business of of some you know stragglers in the corporate world getting around, but a, a lot of the business is leisure. People are just pent up and and looking to get out, get their family out, etc. Um, the positive for us is we're an independent hotel operator that um, sits mostly in leisure markets. Now you you look around our stuff and you see the stuff that's sitting in group and corporate markets and those hotels are having to adopt a leisure strategy what we call you know if you're a group or corporate forward hotel you are backfilling with leisure business before you were you were building a big base 90 days plus out maybe six months out and you were you were filling in leisure to fill in some holes and and that's gone the opposite these big group hotels are having to to position their hotels to not be meeting space or banquets and catering for they're having to say Here's why you and your kids want to come visit, or here's why you want to do a couple's getaway and, and stay at our 300 key hotel with you know 30,000 square feet of meeting space kind of thing. So I think the the big overall adaption is to um, you know people are having to take a leisure mindset. What what is their drive market? How do you get people to stay for fun? And what's going on in their market? And the the adoption of that is is you know tell people what you're doing about cleanliness what what's open in your market what can they go do what restaurants are there what are the uh what are the regulations and then where why to stay so it's it's taking the the same hotel approach we're just fitting it to now maybe a different guest than some are used to having at, at, in a volume setting yeah that's interesting to, to hear you say that because i uh i have several clients i'd like to go see in, in boston new york and chicago and it seems like you know either they or we are are not doing that. But yet, uh, I've been driving to some places, and the roads are packed, and the hotels uh, there uh, seem to be doing well. Yeah, you had um, you know I just saw July results uh, a minute ago from from Smith Travel Research, which you know kind of does some benchmark reporting on our industry. And you know if you looked at some of the independent and 
you know, kind of resort markets. You saw about a 45 to 50 percent, you know, number there for, for the month of July. And that that was carried by. And even for us, beach markets, outdoor markets, you know, drive markets, not in major cities. Um, so you saw, you know, like you said, you may, you may have a lot of people are driving outside of major cities, um, you know, whether it's outside of New York or, you know, outside of Atlanta to, to go to some hotels and, and beach markets, get away, but not fly and, and kind of reduce their exposure. Yeah. And Gavin, let's talk about kind of post pandemic, you know, what, what types of hotels, where, 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 where should we go? Where should we invest? Yeah. Well, I would say, um, I'll kind of start that off with where not to invest. I, I think some of your <laughs> biggest, um, your biggest gateway markets, as Jonathan said, a lot of these hotels that are trying to backfill, um, you know, group and corporate business that's not materializing. I mean, those segments of the business are going to be the, the longest to recover. I think your major gateway markets, if those are an outsized portion, will struggle. I mean, New York, <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't envy, um, you know, some of our counterparts that have a lot of exposure to New York because it's going to be a, a big um, you know, a real tough situation for them going forward. And I think because of that, with the group and corporate being slowest to recover, development, a new hotel development in those markets is not going to pencil out. So I think developers are going to be looking for markets that have a more, more of a leisure component as a, you know, chunk of the business. Um, certainly everything right now is, is kind of all the rage with drive two markets, um, and the focus on leisure, I think that will continue going forward. And I think, you know, some areas that, you know, Miami Beach, for instance, is a big, big leisure market. That's, you know, that, that's a mature market. But I think some some markets that uh, were a little bit under the radar, like North Carolina Mountains or even, you know, the panhandle of Florida, you know, markets that had regional bases but didn't have quite the quite the reach, I think, could present some, you know, pretty compelling opportunities. Now, these drive time kind of leisure type uh, locations and hotels, um, are you really going to see much development there? It seems like the, the financing and the investors, are they going to really want to develop at this point? Is that going to slow down new supply? I think new supply is going to be slowed down everywhere. I think some of these markets have a more compelling um, compelling story in the short term will be more likely to get financing, but it's going to be on a smaller scale. I mean, you're not, you know, in some of these big cities, you know, Atlanta, for instance, has, you know, five hotels that have over a thousand rooms. I think there's a sixth one in the pipeline. We'll see if it gets built. You know, you're not going to have anything like that going up, but for smaller, um, certainly kind of boutique focused developments, whether that's, you know, uh, you know, lifestyle soft brand or completely independent, um, but a smaller delivery should have a more compelling, um, compelling story behind it now that then creates a question of institutional capital that versus um more kind of local regional high net worth individual capital um you know it'll be interesting to see what the capital base of some of those projects looks like going forward and if institutional capital starts to get a little you know a little higher on some smaller markets um it'll be interesting to see don't have the don't have the answer though yeah how are you guys dealing with um labor right now do you have enough people or, or do you have any struggle with some of the people getting paid more not to work than work yeah, yeah it's been a little bit of a balance um i think that's been some markets and some of our legacy you know we have some properties that have been in our portfolio a little over 20 years and some of those with the same staff since they've been open so you know in working with that staff and and really it, it almost goes back to the revenue question right of, of knowing our volumes and, and what we need i mean we're you know, average keys of a, a hundred keys per hotel 
Um, some of those can be run on what we'd call skeleton crews of the managerial staff. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a struggle, but even before all of this, you know, some, some departments in our hotels and industry were a struggle, right? The, the housekeeping department and whether it be the engineering and front desk departments, um, you know, there's, there's a decent turnover rate. I'd say it's very hotel to hotel, but that, that number started to work itself back um, in some of those seasonal markets and we were able to do what we wanted to do in the sense of, you know, we added cleaning measures, right? We, we made sure we had extra staff for that, but you're still talking about volumes of, you may, you may have some midweeks and 25% occupancies and just the weekends that shoot up to 80. So you really need some, some really hourly fluctuations rather than managerial staff fluctuations. Yeah. And what do you guys see out there for um, lenders, either banks or CMBS, uh, you know, providing a break? I guess a lot of the banks did provide an kind of initial forbearance, and it looks like that time's kind of coming up here. Um, are, are you seeing uh, any help for hotel operators on the finance side? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. It's definitely a mixed bag. Um, you know, our portfolio is largely um, kind of, you know, our, our big focus are kind of secondary markets, um, seasonal markets, leisure markets. So, you know, part of that comes along with more local bank and relationship, um, you know, kind of lending. So, you know, we don't have, our hotels aren't, you know, for the most part on CMBS or, you know, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, name your, name your big bank. It's really kind of more regional lenders. And they've definitely been more flexible, I think, across the board than some of the bigger national, more institutional groups, which is a, a certainly a good thing for our properties. Um, so, you know, as of now, we, you know, we we're, we're certainly working with all of our lenders and, you know, cash flow is starting to come back, which is, which is very good. Um, but I think across the industry as a whole going forward, some of those, some of those properties that haven't started to recover or that, you know, are, are more problem child, um, problem children, if you will, um, mm -hmm. with institutional lenders are, are we're going to start to see a lot of, um, activity and, you know, kind of foreclosures and things of that nature that um, some distress situations, but we thankfully haven't seen any yet. And the trends are good for us, knock on wood. That's excellent. Um, and, and we have a group here at our firm at Bull that sells hotels and, and, uh, and groups so that I, one of the groups I lead sells office buildings. And we're pretty active doing deals around the country. But one of the things I think we, we feel in, in every day is that there's a lot of the companies and third party and law firms and everybody kind of working from home. Right. And it seems like everything takes forever. Uh, you can't get much, you know, there's just not a lot of, of uh, efficiency out there. It's a little frustrating. Uh, you guys have some tips for kind of production and motivation for people uh, working from home. Yeah, we do. Right. Um, we're, we were a double-edged sword in that is that we, we built a brand new office to attract people to come to our company and to have a good working office environment. And now um, here we are, we only got 40 days post renovation to, to use it, but yeah, so we're, we're, we're built. We need to do that on a level of twice, right? One, we need to work together as a corporate office. And then on the second level, we need to work with our individual hotels throughout the country, east to west, north to south, right? Different time zones, et cetera. So, you know, we, we were kind of a little bit technology-wise set up for that. We just expanded it, right? So if we were having meetings and the meetings were light and phone, we may require video conference now, right? We may have upped our tools on video conferencing and computers. So first we looked at our assets and our technology. Does our team have what's needed to support? And then what is the accountability of communication, right? Is there is there an extra call added? Is it checking in with not only the team's activity, but, but well-being, right? Because 
you know, mental health, a big discussion about this whole thing is like, is, is someone coping okay with being at home all day working and then just going right into home environment? And everyone doesn't bode well in that. So, you know, it, it's reviewing things like that. It's one-on-ones in that same environment. And then it's light stuff, right? You can do, everyone's got the, the digital happy hours, you know, just, just a light conversation with a team, things that would happen here in the office, right? You, you may have a, a putter or you may, you know, places have ping pong tables. We don't have one of those yet. We have to throw one in with the added space. But um, yeah, it's, it's like those conversations that would happen here. How do you, how do you force some of those via digitally? And our, our biggest thing to end that is, is like, our, we're successful if our properties are successful. So we want to make sure that our, our properties are getting what they need through this and they're getting communication to the general managers who may be working front desk shifts and that we're working around schedules. So it's a lot of flexibility with schedules, but it's also a lot of digital communication tools and, and kind of calendar appointments that we're checking in on. Um, and it's boded well so far. You know, we have uh, clients that we talk to that are, are flying around on planes to, to go to their properties because, well, because they have to. Are you guys uh, doing that or, or you have kind of drive time type properties you can get to? Yeah, we are uh, doing some light travel. You know, we just opened up a uh, property in uh, Colorado and um, we have some stuff going on throughout the country. And, and yeah, we're, we're having to get out to some of those, um, obviously, carefully in the, in the right environment for our team. But but it is that, right? It's like you, you want them to fill your full support of resources. And, you know, in a business for us, that's 365 days a year, no closing. You know, we, we got to be in the same business from the management side and, and the sense of support. So, our team's been pretty, you know, gung ho, and and some of them who travel often, you know, kind of itching to get out a little bit and you know get to their properties because there is things on the operational level that just don't translate via an SOP or an email or a video chat that you know either need to inspect a property or see service being executed in person, and uh, we have an operations team that that does that well. So yeah, I I, I wouldn't say it's been the full schedule of travel, but we've gotten to the stuff that's been necessary or, or top of radar. That's excellent. I am so ready to travel to see more clients uh, in person. Well, guys, what would you leave our audience with uh, related to the hotel industry uh, moving forward? Any uh, tips to leave them with? I think just uh, just get out and travel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you do it smart and you do it the right way, um, you know, it's, it's a good experience. Certainly, um, you know, drive, some drive to hotels, you know, not having to fly is, is good. So come and come visit our hotels. <laughs> Excellent. Jonathan. Yeah, I, I couldn't beat that. I, I, I'd say, you know, in, a, in addition to that, a little bit of the, the get out and travel is just, you know, kind of going back to um, my leisure standpoint earlier, I think for what we've done and to the measures we've put in place, you know, I hope even for our hotels, but, but for the industry as a whole, you'll see that, measurements have been put in place to keep people safe. There's sanctions and restrictions being followed. And, and for us, you know, we get out and ahead and, and communicating that we feel like we're, we're doing right by the guests, but also, you know, in the sense of business and, and keeping things moving. So, you know, the, the information should be out there to support your travel, which is, you know, about finding the right hotel and, and, and planning the right trip. It's okay to get out of our homes, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, great information. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate the time. Thank you. If you guys like more information from them, um, they're with Charlestown Hotels. And uh, 
we'd like to hear from you. What do you think? Uh, are you in the hotel industry? Do you agree with what we said? Do you disagree? Uh, what tips do you have? We'd appreciate your comments uh, and sharing the show and reaching out to us through social media or just giving us a call. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Incredible analysis using smartphone technology. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.